Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shot Podcast after a mini hiatus mm. while we're all zipping around the world and the country. But um, we've missed you all and we've missed each other, haven't we, guys? Yes. Here's Charles in Sydney, and we've got Dave and Grace together in Melbourne. How about that? Sharing a microphone, sharing a room, sharing your time here this morning or this afternoon, depending on when you're listening to us. But it's wonderful to be back, and what a day it is mm. that we have chosen to resume our discussions with you all. Why? What's happened? Uh, you know, not nothing much. Like momentous day, finally after seventy years, which mm. is kind of an extraordinary longevity that I don't think any other corporate leader has managed to achieve for a while. Rupert Murdoch has announced his retirement from News Corp, or should we say, his ascension from executive chair to chair emeritus. Mm. Perhaps we can dive in and talk a little bit about what that might mean later. But it is a day of great significance. Mm. Australia's most successful global businessman. Uh, is stepping back from the empire he has created. And, Grace, I know you're devastated um, to learn this. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to claim credit for causing it. (laughs) I think there's a lot of people putting up their hands to suggest that they were entirely responsible for the fact that he's had to shuffle off, if not this mortal coil, at least the corporate coil. Um, Dave, Grace, sit down in Melbourne. Go on. Yeah. I do think we should get to own a little bit of this. It's it's a momentous occasion. It doesn't happen that often. How many Fuck Murdoch stickers did we sell, Charles? Oh, we sold about 110,000. But the worst part of this whole thing, so you can still buy them at the shot.store. Yeah, they're probably now collector's items. Collector's like items. Rush in. But stupidly, we, we I've just ordered, uh, like literally a couple of weeks ago, I ordered some little lapel pins which said Fuck Murdoch. There is and a Murdoch still lurking in the Yeah, Lachlan's still shit house. Yeah. And, not... and I've got fuck Murdoch dog bandanas uh, on order as well. <laughs> this is for the we for do, Christmas. We do. So in limited quantities, so be, be ready for those. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're, they'll be collector's items. I, I yeah. think they will. I think people yeah. will want to have little mementos. And look, I think, you know, he's had 70 years at news, at the helm of news, uh, but really the talk about him leaving really was concentrated in the last three or four years. Right, mm. which is when we started selling the stickers. <laughs> so I think I think that's right. I think uh, 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 we would certainly be part of the the credit. But but Grace, I, you I also. Say, I think it's fair to say that my tireless quippy columns, Grace's work, and the hundred thousand stickers had a greater impact on him stepping down than the eight hundred billion dollar lawsuit that Fox <laughs> lost against yeah. a million. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> Nothing. No. Well, it was interesting that um, now because Michael Wolf's book has also come out, which is, you know, a great timing for him. He must be, and he and his publishers would be very happy about that. But the interesting thing that was revealed in some of the excerpts which have come through so far is just his spectacularly bad judgment on almost every front. Like, he firmly believed that the whole Dominion case was going to cost them the grand total of $50 million, and he was furious with Trump at costing him even that. Must have been a bit of a shock to the system when the numbers started trickling through, really, then. Isn't that just the symptom of a lifetime of getting away with being horrible? 
Yeah. You're going to keep getting away with it when you have for 70 fucking years. Yeah, he must be beyond out of touch. I loved reading the the statement or the clip. Let's read the the statement. Yeah, the little bit of the statement. Share share some of those um, words with us. Wait, where is it? Hang on. I'm going to have to find it. Lachlan can edit this out. Lachlan Murdoch can edit this out. Yeah, Lachlan Murdoch can edit this out. He's probably tapped our phones. Oh, yeah. I I am sure my phone is tapped. (laughs) Well. Certain. So I actually speak to phone as if the Murdochs are listening. Well, that's um, that's not a crazy person thing to do. To my own phone. <laughs> no, not at all. But that's the tip of the iceberg, Charles. <laughs> yeah, <it's good. laughs> claims, here's the quotations begin now, elites have open contempt for those who are not members of their rarefied class. And that <laughs> the media is in cahoots with those elites peddling political narratives rather than pursuing the truth. And the ABC has just uncritically reported oh that my God. as if it is fact. Um, and that is which presumably I love, devoid um, of irony. The, they're, yeah, they're so they're so blatant and brazen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Murdoch press. Um, one of their favourite tactics like is laughing. accusing the enemy or their critics yeah. of doing exactly what they are doing. The projection. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Russian spy technique straight out of the KGB handbook. <laughs> right. I'm not familiar with the KGB handbook, but I'm delighted to know that the tactics that News Corps are employing are <laughs> it's one of the many from them. Yeah, I mean, there are many sources from which they draw their strategy. That's, uh, I mean, that is kind of incredible that they could, with a straight face, actually publish something like that. I suppose it's like um, Fox News, fair and balanced, or whatever it was that they had for a while as their tagline. That was that was a direct quote from Rupert Murdoch about elites being in in cahoots. So who does he think these elites are if they don't encompass him and News Corp? Like it's it's kind of incredible. Like Dave was saying before, it's the epitome of the Spider-Man meme Mm. where they're all pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I think, look, just to pick up what David Graeber would say about this, which is there's actually those people like Murdoch actually distinguish between moneyed elites and liberal elites, what they call liberal elites. And so why they hate liberal elites so much is because actually the things that liberal elites strive for are values that aren't money, right? So you're not an elite to become incredibly rich in in their world because anyone, you know, I mean, the dream is that anyone can, you know, go into business and make tons of money. But the thing that, you know, they really hate are things where, you know, the New York Times film critic or something like that, who doesn't necessarily make money, much money out of it, but makes a good living out of the thing, but actually is pursuing different values, like, you know, sort of understanding of film criticism, whatever. And to, to do those things, yeah, there are actually far greater barriers to entry. You've got to get a good education. You've then got to go to university, you know, do your couple of years. See lots of you know, films. With no, yeah, you see lots of films. Yep. And 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 that is a great that is a great set of people to turn the rest of the population against because in some ways they are like it is more unachievable for I don't know an air conditioner salesman from Buttfuck Ohio to actually <laughs> ever become a New York film critic whereas how, yeah, whereas they can conceivably become a millionaire you know yeah, yeah but this, this is how right wing populism always works is you adopt the left wing talking point and you. Str- 
strip it of all meaning and substance and it just becomes about you know pointing a finger and blaming someone else it's a deflection entirely where you have like if he really cared about elites he wouldn't have destroyed the fucking unions in the UK through the 80s and 90s you know th these are things that help working class people right pull themselves up to a stature closer to the elites and he spent his entire career undermining them and destabilizing them so it's entirely a populist trick to pull it's what Trump does it's what Rick Murdoch does yeah become a martyr for a cause that you made up that is true the straw men that can be pulled down so easily because they were always featherweight um so what do we think Rupert Murdoch's ultimate legacy is going to be like the smoking ruins of no American has, democracy no or has, I mean it's it's no one has caused more damage to Anglo-Western democracies than Rupert Murdoch no single one human he's not a human Dave <laughs> well, he must have consumed a lot of souls for this longevity at 92 this Shang Tsung figure absorbing the life force of all those around him my 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 theory is that um the reason he has so many uh, ex-wives is because he's harvesting their organs. <laughs> That's well. why that um, Jerry Hall was no good to him because she's a smoker. Yeah, and they mm. were no. Well, you know that actually makes sense because the the wives, <laughs> the multiple wives, did come late in life. Like you know, for that his, does make sense. See? You're right, Joe. <laughs> I mean, until he got like oh older, God. much older, he sort of stuck with the same wife, and it was only as he ticked into the, that kind of era of his life where his organs were going to be breaking down more yes, quickly yes. that he started churning through them at a rate of knots. Yes. So I, I, know, I know him too well. So I think from a distance. his yeah. legacy is the destruction and erosion of democracy. Grace thinks it's organ <laughs> harvesting. What do you think? What do you think, Charles? Uh, uh, what's his? I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to be optimistic about this and say his ultimate. The ABC will do that. You don't have to. His, <laughs> his ultimate legacy will be very little at all. You know, that, that actually, yeah, he, he had a go trying to destroy democracy and stuff like that. But. You know, time will heal those wounds and people will fight back and he'll be dead and unable and to forgotten. enter the kingdom of heaven because he's too fucking rich. I think as it sort of depends a bit what happens in America in the next few years and how long-lasting that impact can be. I mean, I personally believe that Trump will get the Republican nomination but that he will then lose to Biden. What, lose to Biden? Yeah, I think he will. What? Um, yeah. I just don't see why anybody who voted against Trump last time is going to think, <laughs> oh, hang on, yeah, no, we made a mistake then. Let's go back to him. Uh, no, I reckon you're underestimating... Like a show trial from prison, that is terrific yeah. television. You want to, yeah. you want that to keep going. Think of it as a TV show, and yeah, think of it as you get, it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah, and you get to November, and you're going, this is absolutely compelling. This guy's, you know, in a jumpsuit, yeah, in yeah. a club-fed prison, and it's become a cage match. The stakes are higher. Yeah, yeah, but I think, and that... and people will forget how bad he was for you. You know how you sort of, no, you I go back to so. like horrible. Actually got your candidate in a jumpsuit in jail. That's a pretty stark reminder that possibly it's not presidential material. No, but, but it's America, Joe. Yes. I mean, yeah, I know there's lots of crazy people in America, but I don't think that there's a majority of people who think, I know, like a president like ruling from jail is a good idea. But he could sell it. The, the but, whole thing that, in 2016 was we, we want to run the country like a business, I'm a business guy. Yeah, but we've like, had 2016, we've the had country, a term. Like a convict would run the, con but, the country. Really, though, it's Shanking just, our enemies, really, <laughs> bezzling just, our funds. He could sell that. It's what he does. It's, it's the United States finally 
finally not cosmetically pretending to be anything other than what the United States have been for a very long time. They are a domineering bully. Mm. Sure. Yes. I don't disagree with any of that, but I do think that they will maintain nonetheless the veneer larger than life of normalcy. We the thing the difference between 2016 and 2024 is that we had a Trump presidency and people rejected that by 8 million votes, uh, albeit only by about 80,000 in key swing states. But I just don't see why people who voted against the chaos that was his first term are going to go, no, no, let's go back to that. That was actually the good old days. I you just... might be right, but can I, I just think we're at risk of underselling Murdoch's achievements here and he did also fuck up the UK. I think we need to bring oh, that Oh, he totally the fucked up the UK yeah. as well. Nigel yeah. Farage this morning tweeted that Brexit wouldn't have happened without Rupert Murdoch's help. He meant this as a praise. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I think Nigel Farage is entirely correct about this for once. And that's just, that is a damning part of his legacy. Pulling, Europe has been, I mean, Europe's not typically a stable place. You look at history, it spends thousands of years fighting itself. Post-war period was the most stable Europe's been in a very long time. And part of the disintegration there, pulling the UK out of that block willingly would not have happened without Murdoch's influence. It's it's a suicidal, stupid move that has disastrous impacts on their economy. All of a sudden, 60 million-odd British people lost the ability to just go live in France or Italy or Spain for no fucking reason other than Rupert Murdoch knows where everybody's buttons are, the xenophobe, the fear buttons, and he knows how to push them. He spent 70 years refining those methods. Yes, he did. And he, we all know that the reason that he was so uh, pro-Brexit was because, as he has been quoted as saying, is that no one in Brussels gives too fuck about what he has to say, whereas Downing Street will welcome him in, if not through the front door, because they have to like sort of secrete him in the back door these days, and that's the way that he would enter to uh, hold court <laughs> with the British Prime Minister, literally. Um, so, yeah, and in many ways, uh, assuming that there isn't another Trump presidency, the the UK's decision to leave the European Union is going to have more of a long-lasting impact on their economic and social development than actually what we hope will be the ab- aberration of a Trump presidency. Mm. I'm, I'm in a bit of could... shock, to be honest. <laughs> I can, can't stop smiling. My face is hurt. Uh, you well, yeah, can't well... see me, but I just, I'm like, I think I'm going to levitate. We can yes. hear, we can hear the glee in your voice. Well, we absolutely just, can. Just to make you a little bit more depressed, Grace, oh. then, um, I, I should yeah, just... That'd be right, Charles. Bring us down. I, I don't know whether you've what? read his the email that he sent to staff, uh, but they had a copy in the Wall Street Journal this morning, and... So the first sentence is, I'm stepping down as chairman. Second sentence is, I'm stepping up as emeritus chairman or whatever the name is. And the third sentence was, and you editors can expect to see me at five at 9pm on a Friday night still walking around their newsrooms. So don't, you know, oh. you know, you just still yeah, got to behave. He's on the hunt. He hasn't finished his, his organ harvesting. <laughs> he, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't understand why he doubt do- that his presence will remain. He's he's. But, yeah. So just the flaw with this theory, Grace, to me, is why would he... Just the one. Just the one, Charles. Why would he use his wives? Like, why wouldn't he get some sort of peasant boy off the streets of Rio de Janeiro and harvest... They have peasant oil. Ah. They have peasant oil. Oh, this is an elite ruling thing. I don't want to... I don't want to 
uh, speculate on the uh, <laughs> the sexuality of Rupert Murdoch that oh. quite possibly intersects with like um, cannibalism. <laughs> um, I don't. Oh my god! I, it's Arnie just Hammerstein. a theory, Charles. I think... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm now just get, looking at the the letter. One defo check. For yeah. Sure. I I would quite happily have Rupert Murdoch sue me. Um, I think that that would be. Uh, I would an actually. Interesting... I would love. Well, Robert yeah, Murdoch you. To sue you tend to get a lot He's of money if he sues you, yeah. as the crikey case. Show. Yeah. yeah, end up rich. Yeah, <laughs> well, did, I don't. Yeah, you'll have to defo. You'll, you'll have to defo check this bit if not completely remove it. That would be the but, funniest case in the world, but, though. Grace Tame getting sued by Rupert. Murdoch I mean, because I was very disappointed when the crikey case didn't go ahead. I was getting ready for you know a few weeks of you know vast entertainment, um, and so having been denied that, but, News Corp or yeah, Rupert, I mean, personally, even better v Grace Tame. See, I think. I I would go about it um, in a more Trumpian way. So I would accuse um, uh, Lachlan Murdoch of being a soft cock and then ask him to disprove that by, um, you know, sending a picture of his oh. hard penis um, because I do think that it's... I don't think that that would necessarily, cock. though, refute soft cock by saying you can have a hard cock doesn't mean that you don't embody soft cockedness. No, I don't know whether we need to unpack that one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably we don't. No, uh, I was just following it's that just through to the logic. It's just a thought I haven't actualised yeah. that. Yeah. Isn't the point, though, that, uh, like, he, he's... handling the news like mature adults. But he's clearly deeply incompetent, Lachlan Murdoch. Like, and that's not defamatory. That's just based on the facts and evidence. Like, every big business thing that he wades into, it seems to me, he just fucks up royally. Like, the one tell thing was the start of his career. The last, th- you know, he took over Fox News and suddenly they're being sued for 787 billion or you know, million. Channel 10 went down the toilet. Channel 10 went his... bankrupt when he was the chair. Like he just... He, I mean, but he the... was the original investor in realestate.com, wasn't he, though? That's the thing that's actually yeah, and, um, and, saving News Corp at the moment in terms of... And Nova. Uh, Nova. He, Nova. He bought Nova from the Daily Mail group yep. fairly early on, which was quite a shrewd that, investment. That but... was his first successful foray into media as an independent business, yeah. albeit one backed completely but, by the Murdoch money. But I think we can, if he manages to hold on, which I don't think is in any way likely, <laughs> but if he is able to hold on to that, he will run News Corp into the ground. Like, have no doubt. Like, in 10 years' time, it will be gone. <laughs> well, that's no bad thing and would no, be no exactly. small achievement. No, it's um, great. It's it's terrific. Yeah. yeah. Is, Lachlan, is Lachlan Kendall Roy or Roman Roy? I reckon he's the Elon Musk of, of uh, News Corp. Mm. Well, although Elon, you know. Elon Musk has a level of intellect. What a level! Well, I think I mean what he's doing very successfully is navigating, particularly SpaceX, through kind of NASA and the military, and you know that's been yeah, that's the key true, yeah. kind of. So my wife has a theory about Elon Musk, which I know is sort of a slight thing, but I think it's a really good theory, and I think we should air it, which is this, which is that him taking over Twitter is literally just to distract everyone from the fact that he now owns Skynet. Like, it's literally just a distraction game. So everyone's looking over at yeah. Twitter. Yeah. And while he, because he, he already owns a third of all the satellites in the sky. I was on a podcast last week um, with Denise Shravel, and she informed me that during 
a Ukrainian counter-offensive, Elon Musk switched the internet off. Yes, that's in the latest book, in the Walter Isaacson yeah. book. That's, that's very much overstepping your remit as a fucking billionaire Bond villain. That's, you know, that's... Well, yeah, stuff. but, and, you know, and he was alleging that the reason for that was that he didn't want his vast satellite network to be used for evil and it should only be used for good. And so, therefore, when it became a tool in warfare for one, whichever side, um, he was going to close it down. And it really did have an impact on... The military strategy on the ground, um, and he's un- he's unapologetic about that. I mean, so I'd, whether or not there was a strategy around that, it is certainly proving to be a great distraction. I mean, I think the thing about Twitter that I will say is I actually think that he never intended to buy it, and it was just his bravado and machismo carrying on. And then you know he did try and get out of it, and then was forced into completing the sale through the courts. Mm. Um, and at that point, I think he just thought, oh well, I'll make the most of it now, and yeah. then everything unfolded. As it has, and we mourn Twitter still. Probably true. He he tried to get out of the sale, but his own low self esteem and need for approval from whack jobs on the internet made him follow through with the purchase. Well, no, it was actually he was going to be made well, to course, like the, yeah, they, they sued Twitter sued to make him the buy them, which is another bit of a bread own goal right there for Twitter. The initial reason for wanting it was he found a you know a cult of weirdos that like to say nice things about him and like to you know laugh emoji at his terrible stolen jokes. Yeah, like no matter who we are, we've all got these little like. Need, got this hardwired need for our dopamine receptors to be firing, and you know whether you're a billionaire or not. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do we think that Rupert's retirement is going to have any immediate impact on News Corp or that they're so now, you know, stuck in their ways and in their lanes that they're just going to continue as if Rupert was still looking over their shoulder. They're going to hark back to him and his ideologies and Lachlan isn't going to have the personality or the corporate strength to shift in any way, even if it is, as you said earlier, Charles, that now finally, although this was the shovel, that finally Lachlan can take Fox News to the right. (laughs) (laughs) I I think something to remark on is how entrenched the Murdochian, and I mean Rupert Murdochian, way of operating must be throughout News Corporation. And I've spoken, believe it or not, to former, we should call them reformed um, News Corporation journalists who've reflected on the fact that a lot of the time people will be writing to impress Mm. Rupert, Mm. even if his presence is not directly in their department, because obviously, despite his being a cerebral villain, he can't physically be in, you know, everywhere at once. Um, But there is this sort of fear, this climate of fear that permeates the organisation such that 
even the the uh you know less higher up the sort of the subordinates um are writing as if Rupert Murdoch is you know looking over their shoulder or you know for their spleen or something. <laughs> I've heard from you know um again reformed news journalists that when he is in the country and in the newsroom it is worse and everyone's stories do get more vicious and more right and the front page gets more attack doggy and that is purely trying to please this man mm-hmm. how much of that you know lingers in the psyche when he's not there we don't know but we do know that you know cultures get set and they are difficult to change and you need someone that actually willingly wants to change them and i don't see lachlan being that man yes and in in fact lachlan uh came out and spent a lot of time in australia in the last federal election and he was back and forth between sydney and la constantly war rooming how to get Morrison across the line and completely failed. And it, it was quite visible that that's what he was doing. Now, first of all, Rupert would never have allowed himself to be visibly involved in such a failure. Like it is such a, you know, you know, sort of, you know, part of power is the appearance of being powerful. And Lachlan just completely misplayed his hand there. But also, clearly, he had no idea what he was doing. He, he couldn't turn it around for Morrison. And like it was just a complete disaster of an election for them. So I think that there's, and, you know, like all that sort of, you know, to the extent that they tried these sort of, you know, anti-trans culture bombs and things like that, they all bombed. Yeah. Uh, Although to be fair, like I think it would be very difficult for anybody to have turned around Morrison. Morrison at <laughs> yeah. that point. I mean, but, yeah. we were, people had really caught on to the kind of cataclysmic disaster that he was. But I do think it it, it is the case that you know, every, especially senior news person who's still in there who has a bit of Stockholm syndrome and, and likes it when Rupert's around, they they all have their own personal Rupert stories. Like everyone, but they don't have Lachlan stories. Yeah. You know, like I, I kind of think there will be a, sort of a melting away of, of Rupert's sort of silent, invisible hand. Well, I mean, he just won't be taken as seriously because he isn't the one that mm. built the empire and, you know, that's just going to be the way it He's is. He's Kendall Roy. Yeah. Yeah, but what self-destructive things is he going to inflict on the world because of that, because of that insecurity, you know? Maybe we should all have a bit of a, you know, pass around the hat and raise some money so that Lachlan can do some therapy. Because <laughs> isn't the whole thing about all these awful men is that they just haven't, they, you know, got unresolved actually, childhood yeah, trauma. They, yeah. well, they well, you've got an orphan harvester of a father. How can you not be kind of one of the children married a uh, Freud. I think it was Elizabeth. Yeah, she married, did. Uh, Freud. Who yeah. mm. was? I mean, that's PR. Uh, what a what a genetic uh, horror show. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite Rupert Murdoch business move, by the way, is when James decided to get out of the family business, set up a gangster rap label. Yeah, to yeah. Do his own because when I think James like, Murdoch, I do think gangster rap. Oh, yeah. But no, right. I do. I recall when that happened. Yep. Because that's serious street cred. And then Rupert was just like, no, you don't get away. And he bought the gangster rap label, <laughs> yeah. brought back in. Which would then, of course, have had complete <laughs> credibility in the eyes of the <laughs> gangster rappers <laughs> that they were now owned holus bolus by Rupert Murdoch. It's extremely mafia, though, isn't it? Your son's trying to get away. You pull him back yeah, in yeah. while buying the enterprise. But the thing yeah. about Rupert, you know, clearly in latter years he had lost that Midas touch in that, well, firstly, that he was responsible for 
uh, Trump's election and then clearly lost control of him and then has just been for the last few years having death wishes about him, um, but then was really believed that he still could um, bring down Trump in the post-presidential kind of period when Dominion had happened and he was sort of bitter and was going all in for Ron DeSantis. Mm. Um, but, I mean, look how well that has turned out. I mean, the more people have got to know Ron DeSantis, the more kind of <laughs> like more of a joke he actually is and the idea that he would have. I mean, obviously you don't need gravitas to be president because Trump has proven that, but he just doesn't have the the capacity to, to lead in any way, shape or form. He's just doubling down on superficial, facile culture wars that aren't playing anywhere outside of his base in Florida. And yet that's who Murdoch really thought could unseat the sort of inevitable trajectory towards Republican nomination of Trump this time around. I feel like I feel like a bit of history is relevant here, though. Mm. I mean, these types of politicians are actually not new. And when I hear this term populism, I think, well, that's a bit inaccurate because really this is very Nixonian. It's very, um, you know, and I've mentioned McCarthy on the podcast before, but this sort of style of debate that is not really constructive, it is just mudslinging for the sake of it um, and it elevates emotion. Um, mm. as a way of muddying any facts. And fear. Um, yes, it, it especially taps into fear. But this is this is a sort of, um, yeah, this goes way back to, to that time, you know, the, the sort of early years of the so-called Cold War that didn't really end, you know, the information war, if you will. And it's, you know, these are, these figures are appealing to Rupert Murdoch because they're malleable um, and they're egotistical. So when they have backing like someone like, yes, like someone like Rupert Murdoch, um, you know, that that feeds their um, delusions of grandeur. Um, and it's a, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours um, sort of deal. But really the big forces that have been at the helm, if you will, of, of the United States have not changed. The, those those forces that that rule that govern aren't aren't actually elected. You know they have their seat of power in in uh, Wall Street, and you know they've got transnational influence, and it's sort of dynastic. And Rupert Murdoch is very much one of those figures. He's just looking for somebody to be really a distraction. I think. Yeah. Look, I don't disagree with that, and I think the glee with which Trump kind of embraced the notion of that kind of the the apparatus of power through the presidency, I think, was what made him so successful. He was a showman and then he mm. had the backing um, of the the powerful cabal, um, cabals behind the throne, if you like, um, that elevated him in prominence, uh, which is why he was able to then tap into the people's whose votes were required to actually fulfil the, the grand ambition. But, you know, if Murdoch was just so powerful within the media, but as you say, the money was coming from all, all over the place, the money that is funding the campaigns, that's been funding the judiciaries, that's been funding the think tanks, that's sort of developing all of the policy frameworks and so on that then justify um, someone like Trump. So, But all the while, this is 
working behind the scenes. And so when you've got just the sheer wealth and then the platforms as Murdoch has um, and then the support of all of the, whether it's the, you know, the Koch brothers and all of that shadowy money that exists in the Mm. American system and then has permeated out. I mean, Brexit was another key example that was all funded by this dark money because the business Mm. interests are really all that these people care about. Exactly, yeah. And, and Rupert Murdoch is an apotheosis, of really, of I think it all. He's because... here, Sorry, I actually, I think he's still getting off lightly in our summation of the man. Because the the, the fact that we haven't brought up is that he's spent his newspapers have spent thirty years um, denying climate science and pushing back on it and hindering governments. Uh, ability to act on it and transition to renewable energy. I have personally witnessed a bunch of times ordinary Australians in cafes repeating verbatim Herald Sun talking points about how they're going to destroy the weekend, how the utes don't work, how batteries don't work, how the power will keep going off. And this is his effect for decades. If we're talking about an influence on the planet, let's not forget that as well. No, no, absolutely. Yes. And I think that is yeah. just probably I mean, the now most extreme and dangerous example, though, of where business interests, um, the financial interests of the true elites um, are trumping yeah. everything um, because even as the planet is now boiling, um, that is immaterial um, if it meant that business interests have to be disrupted. And that is where you see um, people businesses in the fossil fuel industry working hand in hand with businesses in the media industry in order to maintain um, the current hegemonic kind of cultural views of, of what is acceptable and, and what is acceptable. The flanks of that are, are, you know, bolstered by things like the Australian just, again, for 40 years, hammering home the message that markets are not to be interfered with, money is to be left alone to do its own thing. Yeah. There should be no restrictions on. And, and, and that is That somehow the, the free market is going to help us to all as opposed to you know, yeah. help very specific individuals and organisations. So it's really all about then, perpetuating this fallacy that it's a Sophie's choice between the uh, economy and the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, even when the economy no is only serving environment. a very small handful of people. So really then, given how structural all of these problems are and the way that um, Murdoch's media empire has embedded so much of this sort of ideology around the society and the economy in which we're based at the moment. Um, you know, as he now ascends to Chairman Emeritus and he's still going to be in those newsrooms on Friday, do we think ultimately anything's going to change immediately? Charles, you think he's got, News Corp's probably got five years. You know, Murdoch Rupert will be 97 by then. So I think... Uh, it's always been described to me as internally, certainly in Australia, there's there's always two factions within news because it is essentially a political organisation. and um, propaganda. It's a propaganda machine. Yeah, exactly. And so there's, there's the ideologues and then there's the accountants. And it's, there's a constant tension between the two, but under uh, Rupert Murdoch, it was the ideologues who had their way. And Lachlan is very much ideologue you know, focus. So, for example, when they set up news.com.au and it became very successful very quickly and it became the biggest news website in Australia, um, the accountants actually set that up and it was just an obvious 
money play. And for the first few years, it actually skewed a bit left. It was yep. by far the most left-wing thing that Murdoch was putting out in his empire. And then Rupert himself came over and appointed Joe Hildebrand to, as a, a sort of consultant editor, pulled him out of the Daily Telegraph to sort of put the thumb on the on the scales and <coughs> tilt it back to towards the centre was the nice. uh, was the word that they used to describe it. But I think that sort of tension is not going to go away with Rupert going off there. What I think will happen though is I think Lachlan will be far worse at being able to win those battles against the accountants. And I think it, yeah, you're right. It won't happen overnight. But within five years, I think you're going to see a a sort of an erosion of the use of all those resources to just be there for the naked political power of the person who runs it. And so I think, yeah, I, I think you've got to be a little bit hopeful about, yes, mm. it, like, yes, it's been by far the worst thing that's ever happened to the planet for the last 50 years, and it's just horrible. But, um, you know, we've sort of done some chemo and yeah, the so body's now recovering. Some good may come that's of this in the end. So potentially there is hope, like, this is, after all, a red-letter day. Um, mm. Grace still smiling over there, um, <laughs> glee in her voice that this is happening. So whilst there are structural problems and it takes a lot to turn the boat around, uh, we ha- we can have hope that good will come from Murdoch now as emeritus chair mm. rather than executive chair. I, 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 there's a, the cynic in me, you know, that, which is strong. <laughs> the cynic in me, despite my smile, does does almost think that this is a, like a bluff of sorts. You know, it's just on paper he's doing something, and and that creates a dangerous, false sense of relief for consumers. Mm. When in reality, not very much will have changed except the um, the title on paper that Rupert Murdoch is fulfilling. Well, we will have to wait and see. Dave is going to have an article about this, which is going to be published later uh, on the shot. Mm. So dive into that, people. Um, We were going to talk a lot about um, our mate Tim Gurner today Mm. and Justin Price uh, and indeed even Russell Brand about saying the quiet bits out loud, but all of that was trumped by the news this morning of Rupert Murdoch finally standing down or failing up, who knows, Mm. um, as Executive Chair (laughs) of News Wouldn't he have to be propped up at this point? Oh, I think so, Mm. yeah. So you never know who's going to be... But he's got that those uh, new legs from his latest girlfriend. So. <laughs> he, got them, he got the legs from Jerry. Uh, <laughs> He's actually six foot nine now. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all very much for listening to us as we have returned to the shot. We'll be back now with you regularly from here on in. Uh, so do look out for us uh, next week as well. Thanks for joining us. There oh, our gear is from Road. We're part of the Iconoclast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.